You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Not so fast because it's Judd, it's Declan, and it's Darren Doogie Wolfson, our friend from Channel 5 Eyewitness News downstairs, and of course the Scoop Podcast fame. Uh, Dukes bringing the heat on a weekly basis, not just on Tuesdays, but on Thursdays as well. So let's start this session, Darren, out. With this one, we talked about this a little bit previously, um, but the Twins are going to um, complete a five-game series in Detroit this week. And then for the weekend, head to Toronto, where we know that there are certainly guys who are not vaxxed um, for COVID who will not be allowed into the country. And therefore, the Twins are going to have to juggle the roster. Just how extensive at this point do we expect that roster juggling to have to be with the three games in Toronto? Well, we are aware of the taxi squad that they currently have. One of those members, Palacios, is making his Major League debut today at shortstop. Interesting circumstances, but the Twins needed a shortstop. Kirilov is on the trip. He's a part of the taxi squad. I do wonder about his VAC status. So that's a question mark there. But yeah, like they are going to be down some guys. Now, like I'm aware of a starting pitcher. That in all likelihood won't be starting in Toronto. He's currently out, should be back relatively soon, but like my understanding is not available for this weekend's games. I'm aware of a pretty good relief pitcher that will not be available for this weekend's games. We first brought this up last Thursday, Judd. Then Rocco went on the record on Sunday to say, yeah, we'll be down some guys. Where it would be very unfortunate is, okay, let's fast forward to October. I think Toronto's a playoff team. The Twins absolutely can be one of the six American League playoff teams. All right, Twins-Jays at some point in October. I mean, that's where it could really, really rear its ugly head. But yeah, unfortunately, the Twins, like many teams, not all teams, there are some teams, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Yankees, you know, they go to Toronto often, but the Yankees were in Toronto a couple weeks ago. My understanding is they had 100% of their 26-man roster available. Right, There are other teams that are fully vaxxed. Heck, the Blue Jays are fully vaxxed. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but for the Blue Jays to travel into the United States, it goes both ways, right? You need to show, right, at least via airfare. Now, like, can you bus? I'm thinking out loud here, Judd. I should have all the answers, but I'm still in vacation mode or at least holiday weekend mode. Amen. So I'm thinking out loud. So maybe Declan can help me out here, but... The yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs bust into the U.S. to then fly to Tampa during their playoff series. So was that to avoid testing? Yeah. Like, so is there some gray area there? If you actually, if you, like, if these non-vaxxed players wanted I to take right. a bus from Detroit to Toronto, that's a four-hour trip. Not ridiculous. Well, do they need to show vax proof at the border if you're driving into Canada? 
Again, I think you do. With your- I know I'm supposed to have a lot of answers on this segment. I just yeah. I don't have all the answers, but like I know airfare wise, yeah, right. If you're flying, it's a different animal. But if you were just driving, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter for point of this conversation, Judd. They are flying. They will fly out of Detroit after that afternoon game on Thursday. The plan is to fly into Toronto. That is the idea. In fact, I can give you even a little bit more detail. Here, give me a second. See if I can multitask here. Let me see. Borderline. You're borderline at it. I'm bad. You're borderline. Like you can, but you're not great at it. I'm going to. Okay. We will fly from Detroit to Toronto. You don't need a negative test to enter. After our game in Toronto on Sunday, they're actually Uh bussing to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Okay. They will clear customs at the border crossing, continue to the Buffalo airport, fly home from there. Other teams have been doing that. It's been pretty smooth. So that's interesting. So instead of flying mm-hmm. out of Toronto on Sunday, the Twins will bust to Buffalo, then fly out of Buffalo. But yeah, Who the was, point is, uh, what people care about is, you know, the right, Twins will have to play. put these guys on a restricted list. We'll know the specific names, but I can tell you, like, I'm pretty sure on a position player, an, an outfielder, outfielder, yeah, a starting pitcher, at least one reliever. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's unfortunate that, you know, you got a relatively big series. I get it. Three of 162, so maybe big picture, not that big, big of a deal. But this is an interesting test this weekend, and you won't have your full complement of guys. So, where I find this to be actually more intriguing personally, Doogie is with this. Um, it's not the series itself because yes, th- that's important, but it is more so the message as well, because publicly the twins are going to say all of the, the right things. And in fact, Baldelli already started with, you know, I understand things and blah, 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 but there's a big difference between what the team says publicly to not create a kerfuffle and what goes on behind the scenes. And to your point about the playoffs, I mean, the twins, I don't think they're great, but they could certainly be. You're absolutely correct. But the division isn't great. So what ha- they don't have it's to apologize garbage. for that, so they can win exactly. a weak division, the weakest in baseball. But but what's the message then here? Because are you saying to, to the list of guys who we clearly are going to see can't play, hey, but if we go to the playoffs, it's going to be different? Or are you going to have to take basically substitute players potentially to a playoff series, which would be a huge deal? All hell would break loose at that point. Well, yeah, and so let's not kid ourselves. Rocco can say whatever he wants to publicly. Behind the scenes, there is frustration. There's frustration going back a while. Like, there's just not this understanding, okay, that, you know, like, just go get the vaccine. And, yeah, we can debate, you know, free choice and all that, but, like, there are certain things you have to do, right? There are certain employers requiring it, right? In fact, absolutely, absolutely. The Astros and Nationals—they're minor leaguers. Again, I'm thinking out loud. Declan, apologies for putting you to work here, but I believe there's at least one, if not multiple, major league organizations that have required their players to be vaccinated. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there has to be, right? Like, I haven't done a deep dive, gone down the full rabbit hole, but. Logically speaking, of course, if it's right. a situation, October 8th or October 6th, game one, Twins Jays. Now, maybe if the Twins win the division, they would start at home. But whatever it might be, game three of that series, 
Twins at Toronto. You mean to tell me the Twins would be okay not having one of their better relievers? Not having one of their better starting pitchers? Now that starting pitcher could start game one or game two, I suppose. But, yeah. Like just a complete cluster, yeah. Outfielder, too. Yeah. I mean, they're just – they're not – they're not fully vaxxed. Now, at one point, they were at the 85% threshold, but the roster overturned so much. Like, you know, one of the relievers that I know, you know, at least he wasn't vaccinated as of mid-March. Like, he wasn't on the roster last year, right? So, you know, the roster turned over. So the numbers we saw last year probably don't mean a whole lot considering the roster turnover, you know, the Twins have have done since, you know, going back to even the winter, adding some guys, you know, pre-lockout, Dylan Bundy and what have you. Although I... Don't know anything about Bundy's vaccination status. I don't know. We do know that he tested positive and there was fallout, right? So we get it. Carlos Correa is currently on the COVID list. I can tell you, Judd, he is vaccinated. Carlos Correa is vaccinated. That I can promise you. That I can tell you. Right? Right. So, you know, we have many instances where people are testing positive and are vaccinated and people that are not vaccinated and not testing positive, but it's the rules, right? You know, I do think it's a competitive advantage. You know, I'm sure some with the Blue Jays would say, screw you. We had to play in Buffalo. We had to play in Dunedin. You know, who are you to be speaking about competitive advantage? But, you know, it's not like it's their doing. But, yeah, it is interesting that, that certain players are not available when, when teams go to Toronto, including the Twins, not having their full, their full roster this weekend. And to use your term, too, Dukes, um, I, I think the potential problem here is it does feel like, for the most part, the clubhouse right now is kumbaya, right? Like it's definitely improved a lot. You've got, you know, there's no question that there were, because of a multitude of 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 reasons that we talked about last year, there were problems in that clubhouse that have been cleared up now. And like you just have, it doesn't take a lot for something to cause a problem. So I think that's the big question is like, would this cause a problem? And certainly if the Twins were set to face the Jays in the playoffs in Toronto, it could. Um, Royce Lewis playing center field. Of course, he, he what, got hurt in the third of the game on Sunday, went back, made a hell of a catch. Um, looks like, from what I could tell, that right knee might, might have gotten uh, jarred when he landed. He is out now. I think uh, it was initially diagnosed as a bruised knee. What do we know, and do you put any blame on the Twins as many did for him playing a position which which he is not his uh, quote unquote natural position. Zero blame. You're not moving the plat the platinum gold glove winner off shortstop. And I want Royce Lewis's bat in the lineup. I would have never sent him down. No, Gio Rochelle has caught a little fire at the plate the last couple weeks, but at that time, I would have highly considered putting Royce. At third, mixing and matching Urshela, but not playing him five, six days a week. But the role he's on, you keep Urshela at third base. So, no, no issue. And he played some center in the Arizona Fall League. Played a little bit with the Saints. What, a couple games, but also got a lot of pregame work in. It was one heck of a catch. I was there with the family in the Legends Club, seated not too far from you in the press box. Thanks for bringing me some snacks. Appreciate that. Well, but anyway, seats, I figured you could afford the snacks. Yeah, well, <laughs> probably. But hey, if I could save a dollar, why not, right? Some really good deals there in the in the press box. Heck, a truly <laughs> seltzer, $14. I had a Bomba Juice, $14 oh, for Bomba Juice. You didn't have a... You, 
Come on, man. Buy us early. Uh, Laura had a Nordeast. Yeah, that, she she didn't want Surly. I apologize. Not, I'm a Surly fan. North, we got some Surly Jacqueline. in the fridge at home. Mm. Yeah, no, no. This mm. is not Score North friendly. Uh, no. We've got Bomb the Surly at home, Bomb so she probably wanted something we didn't have in, in the fridge at home. But anyway, Bomb like, unbelievable catch. Oh, it's right, like, catch. what's he supposed to do? Let that ball I, fall? So just well, in retrospect, yes, crap but no, circumstances, but, like, that could happen anytime, anywhere, to some yep. extent. Like, just the way the ball was going, like, I just, I don't know what else he could have done. And, like, how could you debate whether Roy should be up or not? Like, he's a big leaguer. He's about to turn, his birthday is is this week. He's about to turn 23, but the way he carries himself, everything about him. Go back and watch the handful of games after he got sent back down. How many games did he play for the Saints when he got sent back down, Judd? Nine, 10, Two 11? Just so watch probably, those yeah. games. Watch those yep. and tell me he belongs at AAA. Literally, just watch. Just the eye test. Don't even look at the numbers. Just the eye test. He had a base stolen by five feet. Like, he's just, really, in my mind, he's wasting his time at AAA. Now, with the injury, they need to allow some of the swelling to go down. There's some scar tissue in that knee, right? So, their initial feel of the knee was the ACL was intact. But is there enough swelling where they don't 100% know that, feel that that's the case? So there will be another MRI here at some point when the swelling goes down. Now, maybe that's already taking place. Maybe that was this morning here on, on Tuesday, the, the 31st of May. Maybe it was this morning. I haven't heard that. But at some point here in this 24 to 48 to 72 to 96-hour window, he's here in the Twin Cities. He'll undergo more testing, then we'll get a definitive answer. But don't forget about that scar tissue. Like, there's scar tissue, right? So, you know, that complicates yes. things. Yes, and and he wrenched that knee, but to me, looked scared, which is not surprising, Dukes. So, like, it could be bad, but it also could be, I'm sure it hurt like hell. Uh, but I am completely on your side. He belongs here. He's that good. He gives them a better chance. So, Hey, what what is the deal uh, right now? What have you heard about Buxton? So as far as that uh, knee goes, because, you know, I think it was about a month ago or so now, three weeks ago, that he was uh, he sat out a home game. It was on a Saturday night. Uh, uh, it was a close loss. The Twins had were in, in a position to pinch hit him and said he absolutely can't play. If he's out, he's out. Um, and then I think it's been two games, but certainly on Monday in Detroit, he pinch hit. So like, it's what about do time. we know about yeah. that plan? Well, and yeah, that's fine. But they were, but at that time, Baldelli was so um, certain of he's not going to play if he's not in the lineup. What do you think has changed, or do do we know if they have adjusted that plan? So if the game is close, Buxton at least gets the chances he did against the Tigers to hit. Yeah, I mean, they learned their lesson from that game. Was it against the Guardians a couple Saturdays I think ago? It was the Guardians. Yeah, yeah it was that, that Saturday right. game where we're just we're screaming, whether it was you in the press box or me at the television. Yelling. Key situation. Buxton is there on the bench. Why are you hitting Nick Gordon? Why are you hitting Jose Miranda? Byron Buxton needs to hit. So I promise you, they thought about that situation at Target Field and. Like, he's available. Like, if the knee was bothering him that much, he'd be on the injured list. 
Now is the knee 100% Judd? No way. Like, think about it. So we were both there Sunday. Think about it. First inning, Buxton on base, Correa hits a ground ball. Close play at second, close play at first. They end up reviewing, right? Correa actually safe at first, even though he was ruled out. Buxton ruled out at second. The replay upheld that decision. Did you notice after Buxton got up after sliding into second? I don't know if you noticed. I certainly did. There was a pronounced limp, right? That was not him walking normally, right? Now, maybe it was just that moment, but that just tells us the knee is not all the way there. But that's why I've said for a while, at some point they do believe the knee is going to get close to 100%, if not 100%. And when it does, they are not married to this 100-game idea that, that he could certainly cross that threshold. If he is going to play, though, I don't know that, that you're going to get that knee back to where they would like in season. That's the one thing. Because he plays so hard, you know, to his credit, that I don't know that... I. I I got to think it would take more rest than a couple of days off here and there to get that back. So I'm curious because he has proven one, one thing for the most part. He is not going to not try hard. Oh, like yeah. No, I mean, gonna, the work ethic is. He's not going to not slide in a second. A plus. The work ethic is unquestionable. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's not going to change. So I think that's a fair comeback that really the knee isn't going to be 100% until December, January. Sometime before he heads to Fort Myers, you know, for spring training 2023. But I just, I had somebody close to Buxton tell me that, like, I know publicly they've talked about this 100 game threshold, but that he could cross it at some point. That once, the way it was framed to me, once the knee feels better this season, yeah, look for him to, you know, keep progressing, you know, not needing to sit out once every three or four games. And, you know, whatever the number is at the end of the year, he can certainly cross 100 games. Interesting. Uh, Viking scoops. O- OTAs continue. The, uh, the the three-day camp is, I believe, let's see here. I've got it right. Well, it's next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yes, yeah, so we'll get access all three days next week exactly. to the mandatory mini camp. They have OTAs the rest of this week. So today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. The one day we get access would be Wednesday. So we'll be able to watch some stuff on Wednesday. There is an event with the Vikings tonight, Tuesday night, CHS Field, an Adam Thielen Foundation event. Kirk Cousins will be there. A bunch of other Vikings will be there playing in a in a softball game. So I'm sure some of those guys will do some interviews. Some media will be there in St. Paul, downtown St. Paul on, on Tuesday night. We got wind of, of the Ian Rappaport report this morning. D.D. Westbrook working out for the Vikings this afternoon. D.D. wants to be back. So the hope is that something can can take place here before the day is over. So we'll need to hear how he looks in said workout, wants to work out for, for the new coaches. You know, so many new people around that they want to see where he's at, right? Sure. So there is that possibility. I know his camp has floated that there's some other teams interested. Yeah, I mean, there's been some teams inquiring here and there, but like the Vikings are at the forefront of all this, Right. If he doesn't sign with the Vikings, yeah, his agency will push for for some other workouts sooner rather than later. But, like, nothing is guaranteed. Trust me, his side very much hopes that a deal can be wrapped up before the day is over. So if they sign him, does he replace... BC Johnson, like, cause he, he'd be, well, I mean, is BC guaranteed to make the team? We need to see fully where BC's at. He looks okay. But I mean, he, you know, without the pads on. 
Yeah, kicks, well, right? yeah, I mean, he's Ponce kicks he's their punt guy, right? So they're looking at him as, as a punt returner. And, yeah, I mean, he would be their fourth or fifth receiver. Like, I'm telling you, Jalen Naylor has been impressive. The Michigan State rookie. Now, uh-huh. maybe they could get him through waivers, get him on the practice squad. But, like, don't sleep on him. Like, you know, when Chris Long makes the, the Mr. Mankato odds in late July, like, I bet Jalen Naylor will be 75 to 1, 90 to 1. You know, maybe it's a little less, but I would think somewhere in that ballpark. Tell me if I'm nuts, but I think somewhere, right? Sixth round draft pick. Like, there's going to be many yeah. guys above low him. Odds. Right. Definitely. So, yeah, it'll be low odds. So, you know, I might put a couple bucks on on Jalen Naylor. Like, I've heard a lot of good things about Jalen Naylor, right? So, you know, you got a bunch of guys. Amir Smith-Marset, there's some there's some excitement no, there. No, that's what I'm saying. You know, Osborne's yeah. a lock. Thielen's a lock. Jefferson's a lock. You know, how yeah. many wide receivers are you truly keeping? Now, they may keep one more than Zimmer was open to keeping. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know about BC. Like, I need to see BC in August, right? So I'm yeah. not I'm not telling you BC is guaranteed. Now Kirk Cousins was asked about BC and certainly spoke like he expects BC to be here, but I need to see a lot more from BC before I'm telling you he's a lock for the 53 man roster. Hey Dukes, what would you take on Kirk's uh, comments too when asked last week about the offense as well? Because I found it to be, I guess, less than inspiring that he didn't seem more upbeat and excited, and I can't tell if he was just trying to sort of downplay it because he doesn't want to get into the schematics or what. Um, But I guess I was a little bit surprised that he didn't bring more of a tone of this is fantastic. And I mean, you don't have to rip Mike, um, but he didn't seem to be nearly as upbeat about the changes as I expected at the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, my understanding is he's pretty thrilled, right? He's in a much better spot right now than he was the last couple of years, right? So yeah. I think it's more, yeah, what you said, downplaying, that it's still relatively early, right? I mean, they've really been only going, at least on the field, what are we talking, a month-ish, five month, weeks-ish? Yeah. Yeah. How many OTA sessions do you get total? You only get so many. Um, was, was it, it 15? Like 12 or 14. 12 yeah, to 14? Like 15 yep. maybe, right? And four yep. more this week, so... You know, he spoke after like OTA session eight, nine, something like that. Right. There's just not a He's lot. He's got to be thrilled. He's thrilled. Trust me. I, I mean, he this is. entire thing is going to, to be to be basically, I think, formatted to help him succeed. And so, like, there could not be a bigger d- difference between you know what Mike and poor Clint tried to do versus this. So, uh, what was your thoughts on on Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press had an intriguing story about Kellen Mond. And I guess I didn't know this, but Mond's father talked about the fact <laughs> that he found out that Zimmer didn't even want Mond drafted. Uh, the more that we see about this, I guess I become more curious about what Mond can show because I really think he got so buried that we have no clue, like no clue there. Well, what's interesting too is so pre-draft, he spent a lot of time working with former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson. And so I zoomed with Hugh. You know, I've texted with Hugh a handful of times. Uh, Hugh swears by the guy. Now, there may be some people listening and watching this saying, Hugh Jackson. Like, who cares what Hugh Jackson thinks? But, you know, the man has a bit of a track record, maybe not necessarily as a head coach, but 
as an offensive assistant to have some working knowledge of whether a guy can make it or not at the highest level. And a friend of Zim's. He's friends with Mike. Yeah, yeah. They spoke at one point about Hugh even coming here to be on Mike's staff. So, you know, I would say that, you know, I put a little bit of stock in Hugh saying, hey, don't sleep on this guy. This guy still has a chance. I also put some stock into what Kellen's dad told Chris, right? Like, let's think about this. Zim knows heading into last year all the pressure he's facing. Yep. Did he really want a quarterback taken at pick 60? Was it 66, 65, 67, 66, I think, right? Did he really want a quarterback chosen at pick 66? Bleep no. He wanted more help, immediate help. He didn't want a quarterback. So, yeah. So, you know, when Kellen's dad is suggesting that, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised by that. Uh, so, yeah, there still might be something there. But when's he going to have a chance to show it? In yeah, the second know. half well, of three preseason games? Just some coaching might help him, though. Like, to, to have to have uh, practice coaches who, who care and can work with them. Like, yeah, I, I mean, he's not going to get – things would have to go drastically wrong for him to play. Uh, but I feel like he just got absolutely buried because Mike didn't care, and so now he'll at least get some attentive coaching. Well, he will. And, that? I mean, it's not like Sean Mannion is guaranteed to be the number two quarterback. Look at the way his Correct. contract is structured. So I right. do feel like there will be legit competition, right? Just based on the way the contract is laid out for Sean, yep. you know, with, with nothing guaranteed, just like there's competition the at the punter position, right? With Jordan Berry. Yeah. Jordan resigned quickly, like- but like there's nothing guaranteed there. So there's legit competition at the punter spot. There's legit competition yep. for the number two quarterback spot, Mond against Mannion. And the kicker spot. We got competition all over the place now, Dukes. Final scoops. Except for Long Snapper, right? Yeah, I think that's just one guy. Yeah, just one guy. God bless him. God bless that guy. I guess so. Uh, Former gopher Peyton Willis in for a draft workout this morning with the Wolves. So busy day. That draft workout actually over at Target Center. Then at 2 o'clock, by the time a lot of people will listen to this, the news conference will be over. But Tim Connolly being officially introduced to Wolves Nation Tuesday afternoon. The Wolves continue to push to retain Suchin Gupta. All right, so I think we can get clarity on that as soon as later today. I do feel like it was strategic by the Wolves to mention in the news release last week that Connolly will be working closely with Gupta. And mm-hmm. the way I look at it, if you're Suchin, yes, you are not happy. But mm-hmm. where do you have the best shot to ascend to a number one job, whether that's one year from now or two years from now? More likely one year from now. Is that going to Houston? Is that going somewhere else? Or is that staying here in Minnesota? I can make a case it's staying right here in Minnesota. But, yeah, like, everybody's got somewhat of an ego. You know, even though Suchin is as low maintenance as it comes, like, you would feel better about being the number two somewhere else than being the number two at a spot where they told you you weren't good enough to be the number one. But I'm just telling you the Wolves. this guy gets a two. Yeah. Yeah, well, and yeah, I mean, there's interest. I mean, you know, there's there's definite interest in, in trying to get Adam Simon out of Miami. And, you know, Tim and Adam go way back. But, you know, Adam went to college down there. I'm told he's got a really nice house on a golf course down there. And is Pat in Riley Miami? going to, yeah, in the Miami area. And I, less, yeah, less. no state income Minnesota tax down in December, there. Yeah. Get to celebrate Christmas with some snow. 
And like, how much longer is Pat Riley going to do this? Right? So there's, there's a couple guys, not like Adam would be the, the clear cut number one, but there could be co number ones. Right? So I'm just saying there's a lot of signs pointing to Simon saying, Tim, I love you. That is a wonderful opportunity, but like Miami is my home. It's been my home for 20 something years. I'm staying right here. But yeah, make no mistake that Tim Connolly is close with Adam Simon. And I'm told, you know, there's, there's some interest there. And I just, I have a hard time believing Adam would come here to be anything less than a number two co number two, maybe sure. But like, he's not coming here to be the number three. If he's coming here, it would be to be the number two. The draft is fast approaching. Like we're talking. So today's the 31st. So Thursday is the second. So three weeks from Thursday. Like the draft is right around the corner. You know, and you've got all this Minnesota influence. We wonder here the deadline tomorrow for David Roddy, Breck High School, Minneapolis native, Mountain West player of the year from Colorado State. Will he stay in the draft or will he go back to Colorado State? I checked with somebody the other day, Judd. I was told, the lean seems to be staying in the draft. Like, when else would his stock be this high? But nothing is set in stone quite yet. Like, not 100%. He's got another draft workout today with the Toronto Raptors. I'm told he has one scheduled this week also with the Warriors. The plan is for him to work out for the Wolves at some point if he does keep his name in the draft. So, yeah, so lots happening, you know, with the local flavor with the NBA draft. Chet Holmgren, will he go one? If he doesn't go one, presumably goes top three. Right. And then you've got Kendall Brown, Cottage Grove native, who I think goes first round. But like I saw a mock draft from Bleacher Report this morning that has him first pick of the second round. Right. And that's where there's a lot of fluidity. Like, you know, this draft is comparable to a couple in the last, you know, few years where there's not a whole lot of difference between like picks 12 and 35. Like teams, their draft boards will, will vary greatly. But I do think. You know, I do. I, I really do. I, I think two Twin Cities natives go in the first round. And if David, David Roddy stays in the draft, I think he goes early second round. And maybe, who knows, maybe he even sneaks into the late first. But I do think Brown and Holmgren are first round picks. So, as you know, fun times for me. You know, I decompressed a little bit over the holiday weekend. But, you know, things will ramp up here as I head over to Mayo Clinic Square in a little bit. Beautiful, sir. Thank you. We'll talk to you Thursday. Okay. Sounds good. See you, boys. Bye-bye. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.